Mana 3 Media. Let's face it, the world is just a messy place. There's probably not one of us that hasn't heard a lesson or some information at some point and said, hey, with all that's going on around me, what difference does that make? I'm Dr. Mike Courtney. I'm a counselor, a lifelong recoverer, a husband, a father, a business owner, a grandfather, and I love to ask this question, what difference does that make? This spring, I uh, began a systematic theology teaching at my local church on Wednesday night. I was honored to do that, and we spent about 16 weeks together going over the basics of our faith, what we believe. It was fun. Hopefully, it was uh, entertaining and informative. I have never proposed that I am a scholar at all, but I am somebody that loves God. I love talking about God, and especially in ways that are easy to understand and 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 are attractive, that make people want to dig into the deeper uh, issues of their faith. Uh, so this is that. Uh, I decided to take a few weeks on what difference does that make and share that with you. Most of the episodes are about 20 minutes long. The teaching was about 40 minutes, and so I divided each week about in half, tried to cut them in places where it seemed to make sense. I will say that early on especially, it gets better as we went along. We, we learned how to do this, but early on, uh, the recording is rough. It's uh, I'm in an auditorium. I'm talking to a group of people. There's questions and answers, and sometimes there might be a pause where someone is saying something in the back that you can't hear. We got better at using, making sure we ran around with microphones and had people on that, but uh, I, I think there's enough there that you'll get the gist of this. Uh, I hope, I hope that it uh, entertains you, of course, but I, but I hope that it that informs you, that it challenges you. I hope it makes you ask questions. I hope it makes you ask, what difference does that make? So here is um, the uh, second series of sessions. We did one on the Bible uh, first, and now two sessions on the nature of man. All right, that's all I got time for. Thank you all for being here. I got it. Okay, so let's talk about Let's talk about man. It, it gets fun here. Uh, two Bible verses. Really fast. Would somebody read Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5? And then someone else be ready to read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Chapter 6, Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. This is, yeah, Mary Lou, uh, Mary Lou has it. This is the Shema. It's, it's, it's the, the Hebrew name for this is the Shema, which is the Hebrew word for hear. Hear, O Israel, the Shema. Okay. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Okay. Heart, soul, and strength. This is, this is kind of what makes up man. Heart, soul, and strength. And then there's a, there's a passage very similar to that in the New Testament in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 23. Emily? <clears throat> now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So heart, soul, and strength 
and now spirit, soul, and body. Heart, soul, and strength, spirit, soul, and body. In each case, and, and they're, they're really kind of parallel words. We'll look at those. But in each case, oh, shoot. <laughs> I had this great idea that I was going to um, record this, and I forgot to hit record. So can, would you go back to page one? Let me start over again. In the, and the way I knew that is because both of my sons have called me in the last five minutes. I felt it buzzing. So, so much for that. All right, uh, parallel, parallel words that kind of are saying the same thing, heart, soul, and strength, spirit, soul, and body. This, is, this has become kind of a pretty well-known description of, of man, but I want to share it with you again because it's, it's just a great, in my mind, solid place to start with what we believe about man. There's a, I don't know what this term is. This is not a technical term. It's not a theological term. It's certainly not found in the Bible anywhere. It's just an operating term called functional trichotomy. Functional trichotomy. And the reason that your paper is a little messed up is because I tried to draw circles around quarters and I didn't do a great job. But, uh, but it says that man would look essentially at this, that we, that we are one being who live in two worlds, but we, but we function, we operate in three different arenas. And those arenas are the physical, the spiritual, and then the metaphysical, somewhere in between. Body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. And, and as human beings, this is the way we operate. And when we begin to think about how God relates to us, it's important that we understand ourselves as being this functionally trichotomous being, uh, body, soul, and spirit. Uh, just so, just because it's fun and because I need to practice, uh, th- this larger circle will re- represent the body. The Greek word is soma. Soma, it's, it's where we get psychosomatic, the somatic part of that is the physical, the body, the soma. So the body, that's, that's the part that has hair, blood, bones, teeth. It's the, it's the, it's the physical part of us. Um, we're going to look at some characteristics in, in just a moment, but this, the, the spiritual part, I'll jump to that first. The spiritual part is represented by the heart. In the Old Testament, it's called the heart very often. It's represented by the heart. It is the place where the soul, body, mind, emotions, and will, where all of that connects. But uh, that's the heart. And this, the Greek word for that is pneuma. Uh, it's, it's, it's where we get, it literally means the breath. And it's where we get pneumonia, pneumatic, uh, that kind of thing. The pneuma, that's the, that's the spiritual part. And, and it is, again, we'll look at the, details in your but it's the non-physical part it's not hair blood bones and teeth it's the part of me that's going to live forever and then in between that is the soul sometimes that's a little confusing because especially if you're if you have gray hair and you grew up in the church we we use the word soul a lot when what we really meant was spirit i don't know i don't know if the king james there even uses the word spirit it's it always says soul but but the soul is that non-physical part of me it's not hair, blood, bones, and teeth. It's, it's my ability to think and reason. It's my ability to make choices. I like red jello and I hate orange jello. 
that 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 is a part of what it if you ask Doris does Mike like orange jello she'll say no he doesn't like orange jello that's a part of what it, you can't weigh that you can't you can't that cut that out of me with a scalpel but it is it's me that is a, a part of me so that's the soul part and Paul says and the Shema Moses says that that we are made up of body soul and spirit these these unique parts that all function together as one being the soul is made up of mind emotions and will what what part of you is uniquely you but it's not skin hair blood bones teeth not physical well you know my ability to think uh, I'm stubborn my 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 wife's always said I'm stubborn. Uh, you know, I, I, I cry at chick flicks. I just cry. I'm emotional. That, that stuff is uniquely you. It's uniquely me. But it's not physical. So that's the soul. Oh, and, the, and I don't know if I said that. The Greek word for that is psuche. That's where we get psychiatrist, psychology, psuche. Um, so. Body, soul, and spirit. That's what we look like. Now, here's, here's the important part of that. Um, those things, by the way, are listed again back in the creation story. We don't just make these up. They're listed in the creation story. In Genesis chapter 2, um, would someone read Genesis chapter 2, verse 7? And let me ask you this, someone read that, and then somebody else, if you happen to have a message Bible, would you read it out of the message Bible? Or if you have a, the Bible app, and you get all kinds of translations. So, in a couple different translations, okay, Genesis 2, 7. Do you, okay, would you bring that up here to Brenda? Then the Lord God formed man from dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils and the breath of life, and man became a living being. Okay. So there's dust, there's breath, and then separated from that is man becoming a living being. And the word there really is ruach, spirit. Man took on a spirit. He became a living spirit. So... In, in, right in the creation story, we find these three things. First of all, there's dust. The Hebrew word is afar. There's dust. Now, let me tell you about dust. That's the body. That represents the body. It is physical. These things are really, really important. So I want to I make sure you get it. It's physical. It is mortal. It's going to die. It's mortal. I don't care how much you go to to Gold's Gym or how many Pilates you do or what, it's, it's, you're going to die. Someday you're going to die. Uh, it is amoral. Amoral. It's neither good nor bad. Bob is no more spiritual than Frankie. Even though Bob is a whole, there's a lot more Bob than there is a Frankie. It's am, amoral, not good or bad. And it is imperfectible. We, if you work hard, work hard you can come close to looking like me but you're still never going to be perfect you're never going to be absolutely we're, we're imperfectible so the the body the physical part of me this is we're talking about man this is me i'm i'm hair blood bones and teeth i'm physical i'm going to die i'm i'm really not good or bad i can i can choose good stuff i can choose bad stuff but that's, i'm not good or bad and i'm i'm never going to be made perfect in this world i'm imperfectible the next word was breath. 
neshama. Neshama is the breath that God breathed into, different from ruach that will come in just a moment, but the breath, uh, neshama, and that's the soul. That's the psuche, the, the soul. It is different from the body in that it is non-physical. We, we've already talked about that. It's not hair, blood, bones, and teeth. It's my ability to two plus two is four. Can't, you can't cut that out of me. You know, you can't go in and fix that. It's, it's non-physical. It is mortal. It's going to die someday. There's going to be that flat line, you know, and it's going to die. Uh, it is amoral. I may, I may, uh, I, I may hate Jews and, and like the goyim, the non-Jew. I may, you know, I'm, that, but that's not in my soul. That is a spiritual decision. There's all kinds of, I like, Red, yellow, don't like orange. There's all kinds of choices I make that are not good or bad. They're all moral. And then finally, it's imperfectible. It, it, let me just tell you young people something. You get better, you get better, you get better. And then there comes a point where it just starts going downhill. It just going down. Doris, Doris and I have these conversations. You know, I was talking to, uh, uh, what, what, what is his name? Oh, I don't know. What? Tell me a little bit about. I can't think of what he looks like. I don't, what were you? What were you talking about? I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, it just it just goes downhill. Uh, it's imperfectible. But then there is the spirit. So God formed dust, breathed into him the breath of life, and he became a living spirit. Ruhak. He breathed the ruhak, the breath of God, and became a living spirit. The spirit is non-physical, not hair, blood, bones, teeth. It is immortal. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him shall never perish. Well, what about that? Never perish. A lot of people have died since John 3.16 is written. It was written. A lot of people have died. Well, there must be either some kind of part of me that doesn't die, that dwells the, the Spirit. It's immortal. It is moral. Red, yellow, orange, yellow makes no difference. Hate the Jews like the Goyim, that's a spiritual issue. That makes a difference. And it is perfectible. Uh, it, 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 we all believe there is not a church or denomination in the world that does not believe that we can't be made perfect. We will be made perfect. Some believe it's going to happen after we get to heaven. In fact, I, you know, a lot of us do. But we do believe that somehow that, per- that perfection is possible. So, this is what we believe about, about man, that we are made up of body, soul, and spirit, that we are uh, mortal or, amor- or immortal, depending on which part of us. We're moral or amoral, depending on which part. We're physical or non-physical and perfectible or imperfectible. So, what difference does that make? Where do, where do we go with that? Here are the three things that that, 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 that leads us to. We, there is something in me, God says, let us make man in our image. There's something in me that, that carries the stamp of the divine. There's something in me. It, I don't think it's in my body. I don't think God is going to look like John Capshaw. When we get to heaven, I could be wrong, but I just don't think God's going to look like John Capshaw. So it's not in that. It's, it's not, I think God may like orange jello. So it's not in the soul part. 
So it is that spiritual imprint in me. It is that stamp of the divine that when God says, this person is created in my image, that, and we call that the Imago Dei, the image of God, the Imago Dei that was, that was imprinted on me, that was stamped. And every human being, every human being carries that. And we who, well, I don't know, I'll probably, I don't know. Well, I'm just saying, you know, we who grew up, uh, I started saying the South, but that's not true. I think, I think we've, we face this all over the place. We who grew up making distinctions between peoples and saying this is a worthy people and this is not a worthy people. These people have value and these people don't. If we got our theology right, we could not do that. And by the way, we who casually say, you know, that's not, it's, not, it's just an embryo, it's not life, just do it. If we got our theology right, we would say that, that thing was stamped with the Imago Dei, the image of God, and we could not do that. And, and there's, how you work that out is so complicated. My youngest son, Jacob, is a great Christ follower. I have absolute confidence in him. And we can argue, we can get so mad at each other, arguing those cultural issues. Well, what about immigration? Well, what about this? Well, who should be on the Supreme Court? All that stuff. How you figure it out, work it out. That's complicated. But the source of it is not complicated. We believe that man was created with the Imago Dei, the image of God, and that gives value and worth to everything that we do and to who we are. And that's crucial to our theology. It's crucial. Does that make sense? So, what do we believe? We believe that we are created beings. That we are, that we, there was a time when we were not and then we were. That God created us. And I don't mean when we came through the birth canal. I believe, I mean when he dealt over the pile of dust and made Adam and Eve. We believe that man is a created being. That we did not, we did not evolve from protoplasm and tadpoles and, and monkeys and we were created. We believe we're created beings. We believe that we are, and that is that we live in a body, that God gave us a body. We believe that we are metaphysical beings, that we possess a soul, and that there is something that God has placed in us that is not of the physical, but it, it is our ability to be creative. It's our ability, uh, Laura, I met Laura last week, and she's an artist. I can't wait to talk to her more about artwork than Sophie. Man, Sophie, Sophie put on Facebook, what's your favorite kind of bird? And then she put a picture of a, a, a bluebird that she'd paint us. That one, that's my favorite bird right there. That God put that in us. And that's not good or bad or right or wrong or spiritual or not spiritual, but we believe that, that we're metaphysical, that God put that in us. But we also believe that we are spiritual. So we live in a body. We possess a soul but we are spiritual in our very essence. If you strip away everything that doesn't matter, we are spiritual beings, that we are a spirit. That spirit will never die. That spirit will, can be made perfect. That spirit has the ability to be moral or immoral. Uh, that spirit, of course, is, is, is non-physical, the, the Imago Dei. And so... Um, that 
that works in us uh, functionally. We operate uh, as God. Uh, we operate as God in our choosing. When we, Jacob used to go to, I'd take Jacob's school when he was real little. He'd say, Dad, did, did God make grass? And I'd say, yeah, he made grass. Did God make uh, stars? I'd say, yeah, he made stars. Did God make the moon? He made the moon. Did God make street lights? And I'd say, no, God made man smart and man made street lights. <laughs> God gave us the ability to create, the ability to 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 function as as God to a certain extent. So we we the Imago Day functionally works within us that we are. I, I have no idea what little tadpoles think when they look at us, but they must look at us and say, "Wow, that must be what God looks like." We we function as God relationally. The Imago Day is in us that we are we we represent the Triune Godhead. We represent the Triune Godhead in this that we're body, soul, and spirit. But we also represent the, the triune Godhead in this, that we look like God when we are in. It's why we're in community. It's why the church is important, why the family is important. We, we, we represent God when we, when we are relational, when we're in community. It's not good for man to be alone. We represent God relationally. And then we represent God in terms of status. Um, we are made rulers over everything. Hebrews 2, 5 through 8. I want to I wanna just finish with this passage of Scripture. Hebrews 2, 5 through 8. I'll, I'll read that if that's okay. Um, Hebrews in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Uh, and furthermore, it is not angels who will control the future world we're talking about. For in one place, the Scripture says, What are mere mortals that you should think about them, or a son of man that you should care for him? Yet you made them only a little lower than the angels, and crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them authority over all things. Now, when it says all things, it means nothing is left out. So what do we believe about man? What is our theology of man? That we're created in the image of God and we have authority over all created things. You know, I don't know about this whole COVID thing. It makes me so nervous. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. We have authority. We're created to have authority. What that means don't be careful. You don't, you don't wear a mask. You don't get a vaccine if that's what. doesn't mean you don't. Take care of yourself, but we have authority over that. I'm so worried about my finances. I don't know what the inflation is going to do. You know, the Fed's going to raise the interest rate. I don't know what that's going to do. We have authority over that. My, my, my wife and I are struggling in our relationship. We just, for some reason, we just can't. No, we have authority over all of that. We are created in the image of God so that our status is to have authority over everything that he created. Now, why doesn't that not always work properly where there's this little thing called the fall and we've struggled ever since then? In fact, the whole story of the Bible is creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. That's the whole, that's the Bible in a nutshell. Creation, the fall, redemption, and restoration. All that. But apart from that, before that and after that, we are created in the image of God with the, with the status 
of being the ruler over all created things. Is that okay? So what is our theology of man? What do we believe about man? We are created beings who are not of this world, but we're of the world to come. But while we are here, God has allowed us to be his representative, his imago Dei, his image in, in this world. And, and when we do that well, when we do that in community, when we do that uh, in, in the way we function, when we do that in taking charge over it, when we do that well, then we, then we glorify him. We bring glory to him. So some really smart guys about 100 years ago tried to put that in just a few words. They, they called it the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Uh, really, it's not shorter. It's about 47 pages long. We take this one line and we say, oh, that's the shorter catechism. No, that's just the first line of 47 pages. I'd hate to see what the longer catechism was, but the shorter catechism is this. And this is the theology of, of man. The chief end of man is to glorify God by living out the Imago Dei, to go, by glorify God, and to enjoy Him forever. Isn't that good? The chief end of man, glorify God, and to enjoy Him forever. So that's what we believe about God. So we have the Bible as our authority. It tells us who we are. And from that, we begin to formalize now what we think about God. And we'll talk about that in the next couple of weeks. But I want to give you a homework assignment. There's going to be homework every time. Uh, uh, it won't be graded. You don't have to say your dog ate it or whatever. But I, I would encourage you to do this. This is a little three-two-one exercise. You're made in the image of God. You know, if you didn't, if 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 you went to sleep halfway through what I'm saying tonight, I don't blame you. But get this part: we are made in the image of God with the ability to take authority over the the created world. So here's what I like to ask you to do: determine. But we don't believe that. We don't believe that because we live in a fallen world and the devil's just sitting on our shoulder all the time saying, oh, that's not true. You're not made him. If God looks like you, he's a man. That's not true. Determine three lies about yourself that the devil tries to make you believe. Write them down. Just, just spend a little time. Spend your quiet time one day. Just ask God, what is, it? what is it the devil is trying? I hear this same story over and over and over again. You're a failure. You're a, you're, a, you're a miserable waste, and your life is never going to count anything. You're, you know, you're, you're too old. You're too old. Tim, start another business. Are you crazy? You're too old for that. That is not going to work. That's not going to work. You, just, you can't do that. You, you know, Jim, you, you have no important thing left to do. Just, just curse God and die. You have no important thing. What are those stories that you hear over and over again? I'm, I'm old, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, too young, I'm, I'm, I'm not smart enough. What? Determine three lies about yourself that the devil tries to make you believe. Write them down. That's the three things. Here's the two things. Decide on two relationships that need to change. Kind of particularly in light of that. Sometimes the message of the devil comes from somebody that you spend a lot of time with. And, and decide on two relationships that need to change. 
you know what, this person's not healthy for me. I need to align myself with somebody. Or I, even this way, I mean, here's something. Uh, I, I have an unhealthy relationship with with money. I'm just, man, I just, I, I'm, I'm worried about it. That's all I think about. I'm just, I'm, fo- I have an unhealthy, it, so it can be a person, a thing, what, decide on two relationships that need to change and write them down. And then here's the one, three, two, one, here's the one, discover one promise that God has made just for you. And yes, write it down. Write down. You know what? I've thought through this. These are the lies I believe. These are some things I need to change. But this is what's come out of that. I believe that God loves me with an everlasting love. I believe I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I believe I can do all things through Christ. One promise. Decide one promise and write it down. And then when you testify two weeks from now, you see how that goes. So, All right. Father, thanks for, for making us the way you made us and, and allow us now to go out and live like we are your Imago Day in our world. In your name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening to Monday Matters in conjunction with What Difference Does That Make? It is part of the Mana 3 Media Network. Now, we'd still love for you to click that subscribe button wherever you listen to our flagship podcast, What Difference Does That Make? with Dr. Mike Courtney. By doing so, this will automatically drop these episodes into your show feed wherever you listen to What Difference Does That Make? You can check out our show notes for important links like branchesblog.com and you can check out more podcasts by Mana 3 Media on Instagram at Mana 3 Media. That's M A N A, the number three, media.